Hey there. On our play for this week, is Starfield the Prince that was promised? Or is it season eight of Game of Thrones, a year of hype for nothing? Jordan has the answers. Nintendo has us wondering no longer after its latest Nintendo Direct giving us so many details on Mario Wonder. Armor Core 6 continues to impress, and I am impressed. All this and more on Season 7, Episode 34 of Press X Start Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Badgers, a.k.a. The Raven that's been getting his cheeks clapped. But it's not, it's not too bad. I'm enjoying my time. I am joined by... Sean M.F. Ross. What does the M.F. stand for? Double stuffed and extra buff Mrs. Puff. <laughs> oh, and who else is here? It's your boy Jordan, a.k.a. JXBot, a.k.a. the most space member of the Constellation Society. Oh, okay, okay. So when you say space, do you mean like you ain't got time to listen to people talking or are you just like you're, nah, just, you're I'm, just floating in space constantly? I'm, I'm just I'm just taking random objects, putting them into my inventory to sell later and not worrying about the consequences. Just just Ooh. taking. Stuff. Have you been pulled over by the space police yet? No, not yet. Um, I did take some. Med- I'll talk about it. I took some Medigel and I ended up on a prison planet. And I was like, what the fuck? This was a Medigel. So Jordan has become an, an outer space kleptomaniac. Is that, that what you're telling me? Yeah. Well, I hope you have the space for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Um, yes, that was a joke, guys. We're going to get into inventory. Uh, Pressing Star Gamers Digest is a video podcast and condensed the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour long meal just for you. We are live on YouTube every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're kind of there. We're, we're, we're going to get it. What's up, guys? How you doing? Don't forget to support us by liking this video, subscribing to the channel, and hit the notification bell. If you have already subscribed to the channel, we greatly appreciate you. But we need you to like these videos. That part's very important. YouTube doesn't recognize us until people like the video. So like the video. If you are listening, we greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or podcast service you are currently tuned in on. And again, just like the video. Just jump on YouTube. You got a phone. We know you got a phone. That's how you listen to podcasts. And just Go to our channel. Subscribe if you have. Be listening on a phonograph. I didn't think our podcast was on that service, but if it is, that's dope. What's up, guys from the nineteen hundreds? Oh, they're not listening to black people, Sean. What are you talking about? (laughs) 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 All right. um, If you want, you can join our conversations on our Discord at pressxmentustart.com/slash/discord, and I'll take you right where you need to be, which is in our not DMs. What is it like? No, DMs are Discord messages. There you go. Same thing. All right. With all that out the way, we can finally talk about Starfield. Uh, before, actually, before Jordan gives us his first impression on the game, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit of a, a here we are with Starfield. So right now, it is sitting at an 86 on Metacritic and an 88 on OpenCritic. There was a little bit of um, pop up when it first dropped, and everyone was like, oh, it's, it's going up, it's going down, what's going on? And then IGN dropped that massive 7 out of 10 review, and everyone was like, I well, like, I mean, they don't do count. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's that. Um, on the flip side of that, though, Starfield surpasses 230,000 concurrent players on Steam alone. 
This comes from GameSpot, specifically from Evan Campbell. So what that means is that all the Starfield players, the exact number is 234,502 players on Steam. And this was of September 1st. That's crazy. That's not even counting the people on console. Exactly. It's, it's an insane number for a game that is technically free with a subscription. So yes, all those Starfield players, chartered by Steam DB, um, spent at least $100 to get early access to the Space RPG on August 31st. The Starfield Premium and Constellation Edition, which cost $300, provides early access to the title on Steam, which Game Pass numbers aren't included there. So again, this is an insane number for a game you can essentially get for a reduced cost. So. I think this is good news for Xbox, this is good news for Bethesda, and this is kind of... I don't want to say that this is, like, reassuring for Phil in terms of, like, yes, Game Pass is working. Because I think once we get Game Pass numbers or, like, some kind of signifier of how much money this has made for Xbox, I think then we can be like, oh, okay, this is a big thing. Jordan, what do you think about that number? Well, first, the 230,000 um, concurrent players. Yeah, that's pretty cool um, for Xbox. And, like, well, it shows the benefit of having your games, at least and from the start, ported to PC, because there is a market there, an engaged market. And additionally, this is another moment where Xbox has done the... You pay a certain amount for early access, and if you did have Game Pass... It would be like 30 bucks to play it earlier um, for the, you know, pre-order spacers, you know, premium edition, quote unquote. And um, I'm interested to see in the next couple of weeks what those numbers are, because they did have those numbers. I think it was like a million for Forza Horizon 5, um, like a million people had yeah. bought it before it launched um, officially on Game Pass. I think for Starfield, I think it's more than that, to be honest. Like, I, like there was a lot more hype and interest in Starfield and Forza Horizon, you know, a big racing game fan. That's those true. numbers are going to be fairly interesting um, in the coming weeks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. I, I just, I think for all of the hoopla that we've, you know, given Game Pass and given Xbox and Phil Spencer, like, it is nice to see that, like, this actually released in a good state. And as I said, like, the open and, and Metacritic scores are, like, both above 85 and it's like that's really strong you know phil spencer did say like oh well there's still like even if this game was 11 out of 10 there's no way that we could still convert people over i feel like even though that's true but like this game is a good game and it's a Bethesda game and all their games have really really long tails so it's probably going to do some converting like as it goes on and no need to convert anybody though by way of their new game strategy you can still keep your ps True. and then play starfield on a streaming device because of xcloud so that's a good point i don't know if he cares about converting people anymore it's more so it's to, to the console environment yeah no. they're not no. necessarily competing in yeah. the console space anymore they're they're trying to get the streaming numbers they've pretty much uh aped what stadia was doing mm-hmm yeah, no, did Game, 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 Game Pass exist before Stadia, though? It did, but I think I'm not going to say Stadia was more known, but um, it, it succeeded where Stadia failed. Like, it was, it was still in beta at the time, you know? I mean, yeah, S-Cloud I think, is still in beta. 
as, I think as we, much as Fortnite was in beta, but I hear you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we heard about xCloud, but I think, I mean, I could be wrong because I'm not in either of these ecosystems, but like, it, I think it was like Stadia got out. Yeah, it just launched earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. well, like look, looking looking at Game Pass, one thing I wanted to say was one part of it is attainment, and another part is retention. So like, there's people that are getting Game Pass. The real value. This is a, I think this is a methodology or a um, a business practice done by most streaming and subscription services. How much content you put on there is going to retain people. So you know that's the true goal here. Is Starfield and Me Games going to allow for retention? That and other games they add onto the service um, habitually. Ideally, Phil Spencer wants to have a moment or a time in Game Pass's existence to which the most popular games on there are first party and not be that heavily reliant on third party games. You know, and yeah, and and just just finally speaking to like the discourse of this week in regards to rating systems in general, I don't blame the community. Um, both like there's like the PlayStation side and Xbox side in terms of oh who's a victory if this gets a 90 or below a 90 you know respectively looking back at like how the, at the discourse of this game I blame the publications because more often mm-hmm. than not this was done during Halo to which I'm, I'm a fan of Paris but Paris set up this you know echoed this sentiment that in order for Halo to be a god tier great game it has to have a 90 or above mm-hmm. like this has to be the one Brian McCaffrey Fucking caught in 4K with um podcast unlock. Starfield needs to be a nine out of ten for this. I'm like, motherfuckers, your publication didn't even do that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, like this this pedestal making. You're like, it's there's there's good shit. There's good yeah. shit out there. This is everyone. This is the time when when the big three everybody eats. If you have a Switch, mm-hmm. you're eating. If you have an Xbox, you're eating. If you have a PlayStation, you're eating. This is yeah, your everybody. Absolutely. Eats. And like, just to echo what you're saying, I feel like the whole game review score being put on a pedestal is completely thrown out the window when you have games that are this big. It's just like you spend 30 hours, 40 hours, 50 hours in a game that's like 200 hours long. And it's just mm-hmm. like, what do you guys, at the end of the day, like that review is literally just a place in time. But then you remove yourself two months, three months out from that. It's like, oh no, this is a completely different game. Like it's been updated. Like it's a live service game. Essentially, it's a live service game in terms of how, but that's it's going to support this. Thing. So like, it's just well, like there, there was a few moments this week where I'm like, I mean, this last couple of days when I was playing Starfield and I would turn over my phone to X and see people bickering yelling each other online. I'm like, dude, I have a fucking blast right here, man. I'm just fucking. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, why are y'all so mad? Like, why are y'all so mad? Like, don't is up now. George's like, face floating around upside down. Yeah, I'm like, like going through his inventory. This is awesome. Like, does, like, does it matter? Like, come on, man. I yeah, had, I had a whole bunch of stinkers that have that people consider stinkers. I had a blast in. Like, this is weird. Discourse. <laughs> Breeds engagement, which is why IGN yeah. is seven out of ten. So, hey, it was smart. Hey, because I looked myself. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yep, yep, I did too. It's <laughs> like, what really? Yeah, and it's damn. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, let us move on, but not for too far. Jordan, give us your impressions, your first impressions of Bethesda Softworks Space 
Fallout game, Starfield or Skyrim. I don't know, whatever it is. You can tell us actually. Starfield, Jesus Christ. Um, no, no, no. Like, is it is it like a space <laughs> Fallout or is it like a oh, space okay, Skyrim? all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, uh, you know, let me let me provide some context. I am in hour eleven and twelve right now. Um, this guy can't even review the game. He can't even talk about the game. He's like, yeah, no, no, like just because <laughs> what I say right now in terms of my feelings can drastically change depending on what happens later. Like, I have zero context of the end of this game. I've heard Absolutely. people say it's good. I heard it say it's bad. And motherfuckers are going around saying beat the main stories and get new game plus and then go back. And motherfuckers like politics like don't do that. I'm like everyone <laughs> shut the fuck up. I'm just going around harvesting shit, killing animals, and raiding facilities. That's my game <laughs> for now. But yeah, no, the um, in terms of my history with Bethesda games, um, I traditionally suck at them because I just can't survive. Like all of them were Why? big survive. Like I just I just I like that's what I'm saying. Like, part, part of me think like, I was I was just replaying Fallout 4 and I got way further in that game than I ever did before. I kind of just, you know, got, got disengaged. I think part of it is also the environment Fallout 4 is in, like the post-apocalyptic you know, very dirty and muddy, and I just wasn't that engaged in that world. Not to take anything away from the game, it was a game whose aesthetic did not agree with me. That's all it was. And that's one of the main reasons why I was excited about this game, is because I like The Expanse. I like space right. bullshit. I don't like irradiated cannibal zombie ghouls, you know, and giant radioactive bear rat things. Mm-hmm. So, not trying to say they don't exist in this game, they might, because <laughs> Todd Howard's always sneaky with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like this game is, in my opinion, one of the most approachable Bethesda games made. And I'll go into that later with the gameplay and graphics, specifically the gameplay. And so far, I am enjoying it. I, I think this is, yeah, one of the better, like, I, I like Bethesda with Elder Scrolls and Fallout and Starfield. They've stayed true to form, um, okay. with the type of game that they make with the creative engine and all that. So going into the story and world, you're basically this no name motherfucker um, mining shit. Well, you can before that, the character creator, um, you can select one background, which is only three to four sentences long. Um, Some of them deal with certain factions. Others deal with certain baseline traits in terms of like your strength and our intelligence. Others deal with social skills. Others deal with space and pirate, like, you know, how you handle a ship. I decided to go with, like, the file not recognized background. Like, I have a very ambiguous, I don't know who the fuck I am. I just showed up for a job one day, and that is it. (laughs) So after you pick that, you have your three traits. Um, I, I, I selected a trait to which I was born in the United Colonies. I'll get to that in a second. Um... I'm also an empath, so like I kind of sense how people feel during conversation, or I can steer conversations away from touchy subjects. Like that's like my character's an empath, and also wait, my wait, character- real quick about that mm-hmm. is, is there actual uh, like dialogue tree options in game? I get to that in a second, okay. and it's really good. I get to that in a second. Cool. It only happens certain times, but there there, oh. there is a dedicated tree. But I get to that in terms of gameplay. Um, okay. And my final trait was that I just can't fight in space. I'm shitty at fighting on space stations or in spaceships to which I oh. I'm better fighting planet side, like fighting planet side gives me a status buff in terms of physicality and accuracy while fighting in spaceships. I get a reduce. I, like I'm, I'm shitty at it. 
So I'm better off having my fights on the ground. But so, you you can go to gene clinics or you can go to certain um, medical centers and have those traits removed for a certain fee later on in the game at any time. Okay. Did you purposely pick that? Yes, yes. You had to pick three. You had to pick three. And some of them were like religious focus. Um, yeah. But like some of them were just very weird and kind of like, yeah, like I, I was like, w- w- which ones can I deal with? <laughs> you know, like yeah, I'm fine with like hiding in a space closet with my gun pointed out, <laughs> you know, while <laughs> like a makeshift turret essentially uh, <laughs> while I'm in space, while, you know, like on the ground, I'm like, you know, fucking the Hulk. But in terms of the story and world, yeah, you just some no name minor. You come across this artifact. And, you know, one of the survivors, yo, that's pretty cool. We should call this people like this guy that we know from this group called a constellation, which are basically Indiana Jones type people who have been around for a long period of time. Their goal is to find alien life because humanity has been among the stars for about three centuries now. But like, yeah, like, well, like two, two centuries, like it's like, yeah, three centuries. It's like you're uh, 2300 something. And um, their goal is to find alien life because we haven't found it yet. You know, we're, we're okay. kind of worried now because I think a lot of philosophy is if we find alien life, we can now have a unified identity and goal because a lot of the shit that we had on Earth in terms of divisions, we took out into space. So right. you have the United Colonies and you have the uh, the free states or like the free settlement people, you know, like that are not part of like the core first organized government, the United Colonies. And, you know, reading in the first mission around like this UC facility, I'm like, huh, the UC sound like fascists. Like it is straight up Starship Troopers. Um, really? They they provide housing. They provide, you know, quality education and all the services, even though their um, goal is to, you know, have some type of freedom of thought and all that. In order to buy property, you have to be a citizen. In order to be a citizen, you have to go through the army. You have to serve, you know, you have to be a, a Marine, essentially. So what if you're an undocumented citizen, then what? Well, I haven't run into too many care. I like we're at a moment where the UC, which is the United Colonies and the free states people aren't fighting because like there, there are big wars between them. Now you have free settlers from there going to UC space and, and they're not they're not openly being treated like second-class citizens but i'm not surprised if i run across some instances of open prejudice between both groups so yeah and the world the world is huge i mean not the world the galaxy is huge it's if i remember correctly it is mapped off of our galaxy and Mm -hmm. of course there's some changes here and there in terms of playability and yeah i am just walking around or flying around running into people like i will go to like this random system um, like this one moment where a ship hailed me and told me, hey, don't go in that direction. Motherfuckers are screaming. It's not good. I would like to help them, but I can't. I don't got a gun. Wait, so when let's... you say screaming, do you mean like distress calls? Bombs? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They're like distress calls. Oh. Like they're, they're hailing people to help them. And the, the other ship was like, hey, uh, there's danger down there. I'm not checking it out, but you can. And I did that. And that was a full like four hour side mission. Essentially, really? like, like I had to fight off these spacers, like these crazy maniac spacers. Sir, um, sir, like... they like the term spacers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so because of your traits, were you able to dictate like where you're fighting people? Like if you engage, no, in space, like, oh, let me go land on this planet and like have them come follow me. 
I'm more mindful of my vulnerability. I Not see. so much like like there, there will be. I can't just like you know tell them like oh find me up here motherfuckers. I can't do that or find me down here. Like you're gonna fight them when you fight them. Yeah. Um, okay. But you are more mindful. Like oh that to like there, there's there's just so much in this game. There's just mm. so much. I'm gonna cut it down. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that's the thing. I, I found this alien fucking thing that's shiny and stuff and okay. it gave me a vision and only another person in human existence experienced that now i'm special and now i'm uh-huh. just going around finding my own way um in terms of gameplay did that, it, did that vision give you like direction in terms of where you need to no go? no okay. it, it, you know what it is it's it's mass effect just like oh my god you know like oh i can't I decipher this type stuff yeah. okay. and it's funny okay. like i feel in this game it does such a good job and making me feel like I don't matter. And I appreciate that because I can make my own pathway. I, I, I literally just finished playing Mass Effect. I'm like at the last mission of Mass Effect trilogy. Mm-hmm. And that game, like you're fucking Commander Shepard, you're a war hero, and you're, you're Jesus, you're Space Jesus. Like shit, yeah. you're literally Commander Shepard. This game, you're just some fucking person, you know? And I'm able I to do whatever agreed. I want. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to play video games to experience that. Yeah, no, that's what, that's why I feel so great. Like, I I feel so small, and I can do what I want in this world. Like there are repercussions, and like I am building, I'm like building relationships on the way. I'm like, okay, I know these people at these clinic. Like, there are so many characters in this game with unique dialogue. Like, I'm like the most random outpost I've gone into has someone there. Like, there's a story of this outpost that I'm experiencing either via the documents or people that are there. It's like this game is just very deep. And I just I mean, I, I'm just I'm just chilling. I'm just having a good time trying to be as strong as possible before I go into the main game right. and fight. Most likely this game's answer to death. Remember the death claws in Fallout 4? I think this game has some death claw ass creatures. Oh, oh, I'm be running into. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of scared. Well, hopefully you'll fight them on a planet and not in a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the spaceship being turned to alien isolation. <laughs> oh no. So speaking of which, gameplay, the shooting is great. The um, flying is great too because I, I have experience in Elite Dangerous. I have experience in um, Star Citizen. Um, some experience in Star Citizen, barely. Um, I like space fighter games. Course mm. was another one, and yeah. The it gets it's not as at least for now depend because of the, my ship's maneuverability. Right. It's like it's, it's it's a freighter. Like I, I like this freighter. I'm hauling shit. I'm a space trucker, and you have right. a trucker hat too. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you carry a trucker hat. You know what I mean? Like hailing people. See, that's a that's a big ten four though, Charlie. Going back to the Death Claw <laughs> Sanctuary. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the ship modification system is super easy. Like I thought it was I, that also that's what I was most um, apprehensive towards. Was yeah. a ship modification system because, yeah, like each module has its own weight properties and own purpose too. Like I have an armory, you have a captain's room, um, you can have crew quarters, you have a mess hall, and you know depending on the type of ship you have, you know you have to be very conscious when it comes to um, your engagement because mm-hmm. you know you, you you can have a weapon system crew that can help you know man your turrets and stuff. Maybe you have like a giant cruiser. Like I, I think you can almost make this something the size of a cruiser or what would constitute okay. a cruiser, not a battleship, but something right. that constitutes a cruiser in this game. But you know, like it tells you. Um, have you have you seen like 
like ships of that size just like i've seen glimpses on reddit of some pretty elaborate designs like big big designs like just fucking like a like a house essentially a giant house a mansion in the sky yeah and actually i I ran into a space station that makes like luxury cruisers and i'm currently getting some special drink for their architect to get a discount so like their chief architect is like you know what i'm a great person we should celebrate me give me something from the city okay bye (laughs) I'll be right back. And I, like my, my character was an impasse. So, like I like I like fed their ego. Yeah. Like I like, I made him feel good about themselves. Like you know what? I am a good person. I am smart. You know what? We should celebrate me. I'm like yeah, we should. That's, that's that's really interesting. So like being an empath, you're able to, I guess, to be in a way like predicting what would work on the person. Is that, yes. is that how that? Mm-hmm. Okay. It, like it can help flesh the conversation and also in terms of gameplay, what you were talking about with the conversation trees mm-hmm. there is this persuasion system that i think they had in fallout 76 but yeah. you have certain responses and you have a certain number of points you need to pass it some responses go through others do not and you have an x amount of tries in your skill tree if you do invest in your persuasion tree or your intimidation tree value can increase or the number of ticks you need decreases or the effectiveness of your choices improves so yeah, like there was a yeah, like there, there was a moment where these pirates they they like you know told me to come outside so we can you know catch them outside. How about that? Me through the window. So I came outside. They're like, hey, um, we want your little artifact. Get or give it to us right now. And I was like, well, you see all these bodies behind me that look a lot like you. You sure you want to do that? <laughs> and they're like, you know what? You're right. Let's like, get the fuck up out of here. <laughs> That's pretty cool though. Okay, so before we we wrap up this talk, um, what has been some of the things that has either been like grading or like uh, this could have been improved? Like, are you are you having any? Cause, I mean, some people talk about having like bugs. Some people, are, I yeah, hear a lot of talk about the inventory system being kind of mm-hmm. atrocious in a way of like it's just hard to deal with. Like, are you running to those issues as well? Yeah, the UI as like I think they kind of messed up the balance in terms of simplicity and function. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're dealing with multiple maps here. Like there's a galaxy map and there's a surface map and the surface map yeah. is not helpful at all. Like the yeah. surface map is like, I have to like, I, I, I get some immersion, but this is like, I have to remember where certain shops are. I'm like, or oh, I'm going Ooh. on YouTube to find them. Um, and that's not helpful. Uh, Can you put a marker of- down? Or is it just like no? And like, you know, I was thinking about that. I was like thinking about that today. If I can have like a captain's log of important coordinates. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like there, there has been times where I come across a helium facility or a mercury facility and I don't got pockets big enough to carry this shit, but I don't want to forget where this shit is. Right. That would be very helpful. Um, gotcha. These planets are big as fuck. These areas are big. There's a lot of indigenous life forms between there, but you know, like it's, it's space. You only expect so much. Gotcha. I need a car. I need a Mako. I need a Rover. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's going to be like a lot of people are saying like that's secret DLC. But yeah, I need a Rover or something to get around just a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, like that, that, that would be very helpful. That, that, that's an elite dangerous. Um, and I think that's in Star Citizen, like smaller ships. They can do it here. Just get come on, Todd Howard. Just give me a Rover. I can customize put 32 inch rims, you know, with the blades on it. And I want to call it a day. You know, like that's gotcha. that, that that's what I want, and uh, okay. yeah, like those are the main two 
the the inventory was solved when I started putting giant cargo holds on my ship, mm, and I started right. throwing shit in there. Or I just inundate my companions with food. I'm like, here, hold these meat chunks. Like, hold these juice <laughs> chunks. Just put them in your pockets. So don't don't look at me. Just don't look at me. Right. Shut up and let me stuff your pockets with shit. <laughs> don't talk to me either. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but I, right now. I am like in in an Olympic swimming pool. I'm like half a foot. Mm-hmm. There's just so there's just I haven't even gotten to the free systems yet. I'm still like like two jumps away from Alpha Centauri, like New Atlantis, okay. which is a beautiful city. Like yeah. graphics, it's just a, it's a beautiful city that I got lost in for a good five hours. I was just going around talking to people and finding stuff and looking at stuff, and that's only one of the cities. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I'm. I am. So we'll have we'll have much more from you on this game in the future yeah. as you explore the the wild frontier space of Starvie. Listening to him uh, talk about it almost reminds me of when he was talking about a uh, Yakuza. Yeah, the oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cavalry club needs me. <laughs> Number two, Nintendo reveals a ton of Super Mario Brothers wonder details. This comes from IGN, specifically from. Ryan Dinsdale. All right. From the Dimodome? Dimsdale Dimodome? Oh. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, Nintendo released a 15-minute long direct for Super Mario Brothers Wonder. And this trailer was pretty good. I mean, they made it very clear what it was. There was nothing extra tied to this. They just showed a bunch of details for the game. And overall, I think this game looks really, really interesting. Um, Sean, you also saw it. You were interested in the game, too. Like, what was your impression on the, the direct? Um, so it looks like they revamped a lot of the things. They added a lot of stuff. Um, so it looks like there's finally online multiplayer for Mario. Um, mm-hmm. they have their strand kind of asynchronous thing going on. So I mean, it, it'll be interesting to play in a once we actually get it in our hands. Yeah. So just to go along with the multiplayer aspect, is that instead of doing the four-player couch co-op you are playing online and like you have a bunch of ghost characters that are just also trying to complete the level and you can interact with the ghost characters in terms of if they die, you get pop their bubble. You can also trade items with them and Mm. you do all this stuff and you get like, uh, like help points or something they gave some kind of keyword for it, but you get points for doing all this and that contributes to like something else. And it's like really cool to have that thought to look at the industry and be like, Oh, like, that's a Dark Souls kind of thing in a way where except yeah. for you can uh, grief people for that, but whatever. Um, I, it would be interesting to see if you actually can grief people in Mario. I, I feel like they probably like tweak that to the point where you can't, but um, they have that restart point thing where uh, you can could, you could set down a marker for people to restart. Some people might find out how to uh, like use that. Leave, yeah, leave that like right before a spike pit or something, you know. Mm. Or there's a will, there's a way. True, true. All right. Uh, other things they showed was uh, new superpowers, superpowers, new power ups. I said superpowers. Um, they showed the elephant before, but in the direct, they show like a drill power up that allows you to essentially take damage. It, it doesn't. I'm not exactly sure if it's like you could take one one hit or whatever, and it does things. There's a bunch. There's a card system, so all the cards do different things. Yeah, the there's, badges. There's also a drill where you can like hit things above and below. Um, yeah, like that's, that's, that's what's on. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that doesn't absorb damage. That's just a straight up new 
Oh, you're right. Power up weapon yeah, type yeah. thing where you can hit things with spikes with the drill or you can drill into the ground. But they also have cards that'll attract coins to you or save you from mm-hmm. a fall or, you know. Yeah, you know, so those cards are cards are badges in this game. And badges, as, that's the name. Yeah, as John said, like they give you different traits. Essentially, you can build a loadout for your Mario. Mm-mm. And like, well, yeah, but you're going to yeah. get one badge at a time. I yeah, but really essentially. And then you can also save the different power ups and you can use the power ups at the same time. So, like, you get a weird, like, oh, this is essentially you can min max this game. And I think that's a really interesting direction to go with a 2D Mario because people are already kind of min maxing in terms of jump here, the dodge here, do stuff. Yes. So it's like setting the level of stupid on this jump. Yes, exactly. Um, beyond that, the flowers that you encounter will talk and they're actually voiced. It's a weird, crazy thing. I, it kind of fits the whole like coming from One Piece. I'm on Whole Cake Island right now with the plants talk. <laughs> it's not all that weird right now. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is that there are eight playable characters in this game. So you get like Mario, Luigi, Peach, you get Toad, you get like three Toads or two Toads. I don't know. But yeah, you get a bunch of characters. Um, this looks really interesting. I am probably going to get this. The only issue with this is a release date because it comes out same day as Marvel Spider-Man 2. I'm looking mm. at both of them. Yeah. I have. Yeah. All my yeah. Oh, and the other thing, too, is that um, Luigi or Luigi, Yoshi and the other character are pretty much an easy mode where you don't take damage when you're playing against those characters. Mm-hmm. So that's good for the little ones that want to play this, but not necessarily have the skill to not die. What kind of weak ass children you raising, man? I mean, they got to start somewhere. They got to start somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that. Um, if you haven't watched a direct, I suggest watching it. It's only fifteen minutes, and it's a really good direct. So do that. All right. Um, before we jump into the next story, talking about the PSP, the new PSP. Hey, do us a solid. Like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. Please, I'm asking you, do this for us. It will help us grow, become adults, and allow us to flourish. And you want that. You want all those things for us. You do. You want to see us on Jordan, use your empathy skill. Empathy. empathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're listening to us and you're not watching us, Shame on you. You should be watching us and listening to us because that's how you're supposed to do that. Well, um, don't have eyes. Oh, damn. You're right. Um, ah, eggs on me, huh? Well, relieve a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast service you're currently tuned in. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then join Discord at pressx12start.com slash Discord. Do it. All right. Let's get back into the show. PlayStation's first remote play dedicated device. Remote player? Jesus. Okay. The PSP launches November 15th for $200. <laughs> like, what is that title? <laughs> PlayStation Portal? Remote yeah, player? Yeah, PlayStation Portal Remote Player. Yeah. Like, is that, the, is that, like a, is that a separate you. thing? No, that's just you. Why, why do they have to tack on Remote Player at the end of that? It sounds weird. It's like that's their first system they've ever released to make an article title. That's weird. They knew weird. DJ was going to be reading the article. They wanted to mess with you. They did. They absolutely did, though. Um, I have it in my cart. 
Oh, you do? Buy it? I'm going to get it. Um, <laughs> it has its use cases for me. Um, yeah. There are times when I'm like, I'm, I'm working and I don't want to be actually next to the PlayStation. Like, I've resorted to, uh, because we've had such a delay at my job, I've resorted to just putting my laptop right next to where I play PlayStation instead of actually mm-hmm. being in the office. Like, mm-hmm. I could actually I mean, be in the office. Yeah, you know. yeah. Hey, hey, your office is wherever your laptop is. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. You're right, Bob. And like, I'm I'm still undecided about this device. I, I think I do have use cases for it in terms of like, oh, at my time I can just in bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? The problem that I have is that it looks. I'm comparing this to the Switch, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, my issue with the Switch was one: the Joy Cons are horrible controllers. But yeah, this is a full size controller. Yeah, exactly. Like that part, I think is cool. But there's also a thing of because I'm so used to the PlayStation controller, I don't know how I'm going to react to it being like spread apart kind of thing. And I think like when I I think like um, when I got my little switch device thing, it's basically the pro controller and there's like a little clip on attached. I can put the screen on it and like playing the game like that, playing Tears of Kingdom like that feels so much better. And I just don't. Yeah. 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 Like it is. Oh, you mean with the full size controller? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like it's 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 been night and day for me in terms of like my enjoyment of the Switch, but I just am hesitant. I actually, you know what, Sean, you go ahead and get the PSP, and then when you get it, I'll try it out and see if it works for me, and then then I'll get it. There you go. There you go. That that that's what I'm gonna do. Oh, <laughs> All right. Uh, number four, Armor Core Six is already a big hit. Is surprise to nobody. This comes from Game Rant. <laughs> uh, specifically from Parth Bugari? Bugaria? Sure. Yeah, we're going to go with that one. Um, so essentially, Armor Core 6 Fire Rubicon is a best selling game in the UK. Okay, real quick. This is from six days ago. So we'll say the 28th of, of, of August. So this was before Starfield launch so there's context right so yeah armor core 6 fire rubicon is the best-selling game in the uk receiving positive reviews in its combat design yes we talked about last week the metacritic and open critic score are like 85 and above so it's awesome on steam this is the important part armor core 6 reached a peak concurrent player count of 1,000 156,171 i knew numbers i knew numbers <laughs> I knew numbers. It's just at the time, I didn't know them. Making it the fifth biggest launch in 2023. Now it's probably the sixth because of Starfield. But I think that is really, really strong. I think that is amazing. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, The last little bullet point is that the game also outperformed Dark Souls titles on the storefront and claimed the top spot in the UK sales charge, which 64% of consoles sold on PS5. When they say that, I need to double check to see if Elden Ring is included on that. Because I think if Elden Ring is included on that, that's ridiculous. And I'm not sure if that's actually... I feel like Elden Ring was such a juggernaut that I don't think Armor Core would outperform that. Anyways, uh, the fact that so many people are playing Armor Core 6 is 
still kind of astonishing to me because mm-hmm. that is such a niche game. And I mean, it's because it's not Gundam. Nobody wants to play Gundam. <laughs> like I was saying, it's such a niche game. <laughs> well, you can kind of play Gundam in Armor Core, Sean. You can. Actually, yeah, we're not going to talk about it. But um, yes, you can, though, because uh, the, the amount of loadouts you can create in the game the color schemes you can create, you can essentially mimic certain mobile suits and, and your mecha stuff that you like. You can even pretend to be a mech warrior, Jordan. Nice. Well, yeah, I yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Come on, you yeah. can do it. Do it. Not, do it. not my robot. My robot Join the pain train, this. Jordan. <laughs> my robot doesn't float around. My robot stands his ground. That's what my hey. robot does. Hey. No mecha salt. You can put put two hundred fifty giant guns on it, point it in direction, and tell it to come closer. You can pretend to have that trait that you have in Starfield, and you can do terrible in the air, but you just stay on the ground and just shoot everything <laughs> that moves. So yeah, uh, this is just a update on Armor Core Six, and it's doing great. Um, in terms of, you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and just throw my little uh, where, where I'm at right now with Armor Core Six. It's five chapters. I'm on chapter three. That's about halfway through. I am continuously getting my ass just completely clapped in this game in terms of the mission structure. It's just like, all right, go do this thing because we need to get this thing. You go to the thing, you do the thing, and you're like, oh, wait, something's wrong. And you're like, oh, no, what's wrong? <laughs> and then it's a boss. And then you're just like, oh, no. And then you just die a couple of times. You tweak your build. You come back and you completely blast them. It's great. Mm. The the second, no, the first chapter boss that took me, I don't know, like hours, three hours, two hours to beat. I came back to that person on a whim just to test this uh, build that I had. It's a missile build. And I just completely smoked him. And I was just like, this game is like God tier in terms of the gameplay in terms of the satisfaction you get from like overcoming that barrier like the thing that a lot of people talk about in, in the souls games is like you play this hard boss you don't know how to deal with them you spend hours on it and then you finally get it and then you beat him you're just like oh my god this is amazing and like i was constantly searching for that in elden ring mm. didn't really get that in elden ring and i feel like for me armor core 6 is that thing of like you have a hard thing um phrasing you figure it out and then you, you conquer it and you're just like, awesome. I'm amazing. So yeah, that's Armor Core 6. Um, oh, I also play multiplayer. It's not Gundam multiplayer, guys. It is, it is very fast. You know the scenes in Dragon Ball Z where like you have Krillin, uh, Piccolo, Yamcha, Tien, they're all sitting on the sidelines. They're watching like Goku and whoever yeah. he's fighting for that day, like go back and forth and they're like in the air. And they're like, I can barely keep track of them. They're going so fast. It's like that if you're sitting there watching these people fight and you're just like, I guess I got to go jump into this shit. And then I just die. But yeah, really cool. Really fun. I enjoy it. I suggest everyone get Armor Core 6 because it is a great game that will challenge you. All right. Number five. Wipeouts now remastered and playable in a browser. Coder tells Sony to either let it be or get a real remaster going. That takes balls. This comes from PC Gamer, specifically from rich stanton so yeah this is real quick essentially this coder uh took it uh, uh in their own hands and made a uh wipeout remastered when 
it was leaked that it was supposed to be worked on, but as far as we know, nothing really came of it. So this person was like, hey, look, I mean, in terms of being legal, probably not necessarily legal, but it's a thing that's, that's done. The person is calling Sony's buff. I feel like, unfortunately, in the Jim Ryan era of PlayStation, they're probably going to sue this guy. <laughs> like, and I, I think that sucks. Um, but yeah, uh, did you, both of you like Wipeout, right? Uh, I don't have it loaded up. I'm trying it right now. It's pretty smooth. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. I don't, I don't play I it can. anymore because this shit is hard. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, but yeah. Uh, Wipeout is is definitely a racer of its time in terms of like being oh. super dialed into how fast the the actual. Oh, I remember this game. Racer God, is. Yeah, yeah. Now my my tiny eyes. Nineteen ninety five. No, no. No, because <laughs> it reminds me of uh, F Zero. Yeah, it's F Zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm good. So yeah, that's that. Oh, the last but not least, uh, I guess kind of last. Anyway, uh, GeForce now is shutting down in Russia. This also comes from PC Gamer by way of Jorgen Jimenez. 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 Jorge Jimenez. Jimenez. Oh, Jimenez. Yeah, but it's yes. it's, it's, it's probably Spanish. Jorge yes. Jimenez. Yes, you two are brilliant. Thank you so much for that because I was in a different planet. All right. Uh, so essentially, Nvidia's cloud gaming platform GeForce Now will cease operations in Russia on October first. Starting September first, Nvidia's partners <laughs> GFN.ru will close registration for new users and discontinue the sale of GeForce Now subscriptions in the country. GeForce Now is joining other cloud gaming platforms like Xbox Cloud Gaming and Bruce Droid, which ended the stream service in Russia over the last year. So essentially, they're basically pointing to, quote unquote, current circumstances as to why they're shutting down their services in Russia. It's essentially the, the whole war on Ukraine. And it's it's great that they're doing this. It's kind of weird they're doing it now. Mm, um, I feel like you don't think so. Well, I no, like, it's, not, it's not like I don't. I don't think so. It's just you know, like there are penalties that companies can incur, and other um, jurisdictions, other countries mm-hmm. um, that Nvidia is probably making themselves vulnerable to. They continue to do. Oh, you're probably contractually right. obligated to provide service up to a certain point. A certain point. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, like, like, yeah they, they, probably, they probably just let their shit. I mean, like, it is kind of the end of most fiscal years. Yeah. They should roll over and they don't want to, you know, get any penalties. Um, good point. From, yeah, European and US government. That's a good point. I, I definitely didn't think about it in that way because like, I'm thinking, like, all right, well, I mean, the whole war the the russia and ukraine war stuff that started that was, that was months ago at this point like years kind of yeah. weird they start now but yeah it, if, it, if it is like a contractual thing then that makes sense so true that. um all right uh actually you know what we can do we can do one more thing since um you guys like cyberpunk this comes from uh pc gamers cd project casually mentioned that after phantom liberty it's done with cyberpunk 2077 uh, this comes from Rich Santon. So 
essentially, as Hyle says, they've announced that they'll be moving their teams over to do the next Witcher game. Which makes sense. Um, I think other people are a little not shocked, but upset that even though Cyberpunk 2077 has been on the rebound, they're not necessarily going to jump into the sequel. But yeah, they've no. already, they, yeah, no, like, they, but I think they've already announced that they, they will be making a sequel at some point. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. they said this during Gamescom, you know, like they, during the interview, yeah. they said, like, this is the last big piece of DLC and core mechanic update because, like, there's, there's stuff outside of DLC that they're updating, like police and, you know, adding new items and stuff. You don't have to buy a DLC to have access to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's, they, they, they opened up a new studio, right? They opened up a new studio yeah. in Boston to help fulfill um, uh, the work needed to get these games out. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. Aside from the sequel, we're not going to see for like another five years, dude. It's going to be a while. Longer than five years because yeah. then you got Witcher and then. Yeah, and then yeah, you're right. Probably, but yeah, like working, starting work on. Yeah. And then also the other side to this, I think the important thing to this is that they will be moving to the Unreal 5 engine. So yeah. <laughs> for, for us to use the Unreal 5 engine for another decade. And yeah. A half. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's a thing that the industry because we, we went from the industry mostly not mostly, but like a lot of the people, a lot of the big players being on Unreal and then they moved off into their like own proprietary engine. Yeah. Frostbite, like, Slip Space, Anvil yes, for Ubisoft, yes. Creative for Bethesda, Slip Slip Space Engine for Halo. And then mm-hmm. that that one little comment saying, so we're going back. Guess what, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> we're going back to what we knew. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is it's one of those things where it's like the original reason for that was like, you know, the industry felt like they were handing over too much money to the engine developers so they're like oh well, we can bring it in-house we got tech people we can make our own stuff and they do that and it's like sometimes oh, it works <laughs> right yeah, like sometimes it works and other times just like this doesn't oh, work, work. <laughs> everything's exploding <laughs> there's no explosions in this game what's happening <laughs> so it's like you, why are those characters it, it, floating <laughs> exactly and it's just like i i am relieved to see that like a lot of these industry um the AAA games are now going to Unreal 5, seeing that Unreal 5, you know, it's a very stable engine. I'm, mm-hmm. This is no paid program for Unreal. Like, I don't, I'm not sponsored by them. But, like, I think with them doing that, it gives them more stability in their next Cyberpunk, which was an issue for their first Cyberpunk. And it also allows them to work more so on the games and less on the oh, crap, our engine's exploding. Like, what do we do? Like, they can call somebody. They got. They can go to the Unreal experts who've been working with these engines for decades at this point. <laughs> so it's like more power to them. Um, so that's for future products. So Witcher will be on Unreal 5, which is great. I... Are you guys excited for the next Witcher? No, that's the Marcus question. Oh. No, I mean, uh, nothing yeah. against it. I just never played it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I bought it. And then... um. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't even get past like the main starting area. Like, I didn't even fight the big monster that everyone was afraid of. So, I mean, I don't. It just didn't grab me. Really? I think I got okay. caught up going to these shrines, upgrading shit, and it never actually yeah. used any things upgraded. So. 
<laughs> my girl is so strong. I have nothing to kill though. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I play Witcher three. I, I, I got probably like sixty percent through that game. Like that game was a big game, and like I didn't beat the game, but like I enjoyed my time with it. And it was one of those things where it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna come back to this game. I just didn't come back. So I am excited for the next Witcher. I think looking at the past Witcher and where we are in the market right now, there are certain things in that game that just not going to fly. Like, I think the combat in that game was fine at best. But I think in this generation, in this era of gaming and like game, like third person gameplay, like you have to absolutely nail that. And I think the way that the Witcher move with the magic and then like the potions and stuff, I think all that stuff needs to be tweaked and, and updated and upgraded. So that's my hope. I, other than that, I think the storylines, the side story stuff was all top tier, like quality. I don't think there's any real issue with there. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And we got, we got some, some time before that shows up. All right. I think that's it. I think we did it for this jam-packed episode. You guys have anything else to share with the class? No. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Press X Start. We hope you enjoyed... No, no. Press X Start Gamer Digest. That last part's important. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as you enjoyed making it. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast service you're currently listening in on. Do it. And like this video if you're watching us. Subscribe to the channel if you are watching us and hit the notification bell if you're also watching us. That way you'll be up to date on all of our things that we do on the giant interwebs called the Internet. Um, yeah, that's it. You have a good day. You continue playing games and you just be nice to your fellow gamers online. We didn't talk about, but there's a Call of Duty thing with AI. It's kind of kind of a weird thing. But yeah. Take care. Mm-hmm.